UFOs and flying saucers and ETs In government conspiracies But I've seen none of the above If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles Lose my little mind Hello and welcome along to another episode of X-Files Talk X-Files, the only podcast that doesn't know it's just a dead man talking. <laughs> I'm your host, David Harwood, and joining me tonight from X-Files.news, I have Kava Anderson. Hey, Kava. Hello. How's it going? Happy to be here. It's going good. So we're going to talk about this, which is probably the least uh, search-friendly episode title that we've ever had on the show <laughs> that was when we were creating the hashtags for the the tweet along this time last season i noticed we just used the episode titles um but hashtag this really was not going to work so we just decided to put an xf in front of all of them this time around for clarity's sake yeah so uh Overall, I think this episode's had some pretty uh, positive response, uh, definitely in contrast to last week's episode. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> as, as the uh, person tasked with uh, um, um, sorting through our best tweets after the episode has been watched, uh, we usually try to give it about 24 hours to let everybody have a, a chance to, to chime in who would want to. Um, that was a much more pleasant task this time around than it was last week, so response yes. was, was definitely a little more positive so we, will get, so we will get on to um our little episode discussion uh in just a moment but first uh, we do have some news for this week and you were actually there in la when jillian got her a star on the hollywood walk of fame i was yeah it was it was a pretty uh pretty great experience that we were lucky enough to be invited into the the press pen so i was literally up close and personal um, as the the speeches were given, and it was it was fun. It was it was definitely kind of a mix of you know Jillian's past career and that um, you know she acknowledged Chris and and David, and then she had Brian Fuller and Joel McHale speaking um, on her behalf. Chris was supposed to be in attendance, um, but unfortunately he lives in Santa Barbara County, which has been hit really badly with mudslides this week. Um, and and Monday yeah. was sort of the start of that, um, so he was unable to attend, unfortunately. Um, but uh, David was there um, as far as uh, he had a, he had a message to share as well, as well. He'd sent a, a letter like she'd done for him uh, when he got his star in, in 2016. So that was that was kind of funny. Definitely some good natured uh, teasing going on there. But I thought Jillian just had a lot of really nice things to say about um, um, playing Scully. And, and she thanked Chris for that. Um, and she remarked a lot about how, um, as you know, as you know, despite her being young, it was just a great opportunity for her to be playing this, as she called her, strong-willed, smart, brave woman who was career-driven and fiercely independent um, and pointed out that uh, the fan response proved uh, Scully was a, a desperately needed role model for women of all ages um, and was uh, someone who, you know, people just simply weren't seeing on screen, weren't seeing their, themselves represented. And as, as somebody who feels like she grew up with Scully, uh, that I that really resonated with me because I was I was 17 when I started watching the X Files and and that was part of why I I stayed with it was this you know this role model of of Scully so yeah it was a it was a fun day and 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 Jillian seemed to to really be enjoying herself and and there was uh, lots of joking from from Joel McHale who talked about his experiences um, working on on set with Jillian and David and and uh, Brian Fuller talked a little bit about 
um, American Gods and, and things like that. And yeah, it was it was a fun day. And, and uh, Annabeth Gish was there too. Um, she didn't speak, but she was there just kind of as a She's just in the background making right. noises. Right. You know, yeah, just kind of there to, to support Jillian. And, and we got some fun pictures of that. So yeah, it was it was great. And if, if you want full details, I'm just going to, you know, blatantly pimp xfiles.news. We've got a lot of great photos and, and uh, full coverage of the event there if, if anybody's interested. So it was a it was a good day. Pretty, pretty awesome. neat to see. Also, and there was also this week, um, you reminded me, it was the uh, TV critics uh, thing that Fox did and they had the X-Files panel there. So mm-hmm. we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later on because that kind of dovetails into some other topics that uh, you and I wanted to talk about. Yep. So um, let's let's stick with the positive vibe for the moment and talk about <laughs> this. So, Definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of people really like this episode, seem to have some really good um, word of mouth online about it. Mm-hmm. Um for me, it's always kind of jarring when we go from the mythology, especially now we're in end of the world territory with the mythology, into yes. uh, David and well, uh, David and Jillian, not David and Jillian, um, <laughs> and Scully, <laughs> Scully. Uh, sitting there with their feet up, you know, just chilling out in front of the TV. It, it's kind of a, uh, a rapid sort of change of pace from mm-hmm. what went before. But then, you know, just like my struggle free started off, you know, sidestepping the whole cliffhanger issue with the frenetic pace of uh, Scully being rushed to hospital and stuff so this one does the same sort of trick uh, where these people are coming into the house you have the message there from Langley um, and it, it's it's just a thrill ride basically from there I think you described it mm-hmm. as the X-Files does North by Northwest yes um, so yeah I mean we talked about this on, on the bonus podcast that we did where there's that um one episode where Langley features quite heavily in there. And mm-hmm. I said at the time, he's probably always been my least favorite of the long gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. you know, I knew that he was going to be back and, you know, it gradually became apparent that he was the only one of the three going to be back. And I couldn't help just thinking, huh? But, uh, right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I, I definitely have a soft spot for buyers too. Um, well, and, and, and for hooky as well because I, I've been lucky enough to meet both Tom Braidwood and uh, Bruce Harwood and have had some great conversations with Bruce, especially. So to not have the full trio there just hurts a little bit. But given the premise established in the episode, it absolutely made sense that that uh, Langley was the only one who came back because he, to me, would be the only one who would explore this path. I, I, I can't see Byers or, or, or Frohickey, really. Uh, maybe Frohickey, maybe just a little, uploading themselves to the the mainframe like that but i can't i can't see buyers um taking that particular path but yeah it was it was definitely interesting and and to your point too about sort of the whiplash from you know the end of the world mythology episodes um because xfn is lucky enough to get access to screeners avi and myself watched all five in one night so we went from like directly from my struggle three into this and to go from that ending to the Ramones was just yeah. like, say what now? You know, we're going to go here. But it was, it's so fast paced from the get go. It was just like, I, I, I believe um, Avi turned to me at the end of it and said, Glenn Morgan can write my life because <laughs> that's how excited we were about it on first viewing. So, yeah, there's a lot to like in there. I think that, you know, there's definitely um, some things that are purposely in there to get the fans on side and, you know, little Easter eggs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
obviously uh well let, let's start at the very beginning there because you mm -hmm. know it starts with them with their feet up watching tv and then you have the ramones music and you have that car with the three assassins on their way to the unremarkable house and of course you know it's glenn morgan so obviously reminiscent of home <laughs> yes very <laughs> um but but also you know the, the fact that we know that langley is in it you know you have those three people there so it's kind of almost like the lone gun because that one assassin there has that long hair mm -hmm. and that you know he's the guy that's there throughout it and i think there's another guy who's maybe dressed a little bit like frohickey was tended yep. to be so there seems to be a lot of these playing with the idea of doubles at the moment yes. in x files and it obviously started in season 10 with miller and einstein uh, we saw it in last week's episode with mr y and erica price there Mm -hmm. um, kind of mirror in to an extent cigarette smoking man and monica mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting how they're playing with that and obviously next week's episode takes it to a whole other level and whether that's connected or if it's just a thematic thing um i saw something online i don't think that this is going to turn out to be the case at all because we all know that chris doesn't think like this <laughs> that that maybe this x-files um, season is actually taking place in a parallel dimension or something like that which we know does exist in the x-files world because um, it was that was what 4d was all about mm -hmm. yes so i think that'd be you know kind of interesting thing i'm going to keep looking out for any sort of easter eggs that maybe suggest that but i honestly do not think that's where this is going at all <laughs> Right. And I, I, I feel you there. That's, that's I kind I, of, wish I'm of it the was. same opinion, <laughs> especially because I mean, a lot of that is just being taken verbatim from the, that clip that's gone around from the promo of, you know, Mulder saying this is evidence of parallel universe and, 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 and Scully and, and um, I believe the character's name is Reggie something both going, what? Cause that's from Darren's episode. So I, I caution people to sort of take that with a grain of salt without giving too much away, but it's, it's fun to sort of watch how the theories get built up um, around just little, little tiny snippets of things. Um, and some are correct, some are not. And it's just, yeah, it, it's entertaining, but it's, it is interesting how for a show that tends to be very, you know, it's like, yes, we have the overarching myth arc, but there's also a lot of standalones, how, like you mentioned, you are seeing a lot of parallels right now as far as the, you know, the matching characters and whether or not that is leading to an overarching thing. I'm not certain, but it is, it is interesting to see just sort of that underlying, underlying hint. Yeah. And, you know, another reason I don't think they're going to do it is that's basically what Fringe was and Fringe was J.J. Right. Abrams doing X-Files. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's probably not going to happen, but... No. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the things that... One of the things that really stood out to me in this episode that annoyed me, and they kept going back to it, was they had that publicity still of the lone gunman on their coffee table. And mm -hmm. it's back from, what, season two or season three, where Langley's kind of right up in the frame. Yep. And that just kind of took me out of the episode, because you can't use a publicity still and say that, no, that's a, a legitimate photo that somebody took of them in the X-Files world. That just kind of annoyed me. Right. I mean, if you if you want to extend it a little, maybe you could argue that it was like a headshot that they had taken for their um, their newspaper. If, if you know, if you yeah, want to try okay. and push okay, it that I could way. Buy that. Yeah. But you did you notice something about that that particular still? I saw the the face in the background and uh, yeah. one of the reviews pointed out that it was this man who shows uh -huh. up in dreams so maybe that's I 
took it as just a throwaway thing because the episode was called this and he's known as this man but right maybe that's some a clue for something bigger i don't know and there were some theories about it too that it edited it it was it also looked similar to that that one assassin who does end up in the, I think somebody referred to it as the evil matrix. And I'm going to steal that because I liked it. Um, you know, ends up in the evil matrix with, with Langley at the end there um, that, that perhaps it was, it was also him too. And yeah, that's another one of those things where it's like, does this have extra significance or are they just messing with us? Cause this is the X-Files and that could go either way. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, so we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the, kind of uh, reminiscence of home there at the beginning mm-hmm. we would be amiss if we did not touch on uh kill switch with this yes. episode so kill switch one of my favorite episodes absolutely love it and this kind of takes the same sort of themes but mm-hmm. does it in a very different way mm-hmm. um now don't get me wrong i did really enjoy this episode and there's a lot to love about it but at the end of the day i was kind of left scratching my head as to why should I really care about some uh, fake consciousness being trapped in a computer? I, th- I think the, and, and honestly, this took me a few times to get it. I've seen this episode probably about seven times now, which I, maybe I shouldn't admit to that, but it is what it is between our rewatches. And then I'm like, hey, I'm at home. I just want to check this again. I think the really the premise that they were getting at and actually sort of that kind of got lost a little bit in just the sheer enjoyment of Mulder and Scully kicking ass and taking names was when he's talking to, to, you know, Langley first describes that they're, they're being used as digital slaves. And then when Mulder's talking to Eric Price, that comes out a little further in that they'd gathered all these brains, right. And instead of, you know, these people necessarily enjoying their great reward, they're being used as this consciousness to try and figure out how to unscrew humanity, I guess, for lack of a better way of of putting it is how I understood it. And it's sort of like almost like a brain farm where they're trying to like the syndicate is using them and these, these great minds like, you know, the lone gunman and, you know, Steve jobs and Michael Crichton to power whatever nefarious deeds they're, they're up to. Yeah. I would like, you know, if I I would just like to have seen them take that a little bit further and it's hard Mm -hmm. to do because, um, you know, Glenn Morgan said that this is his way of X-Files doing um, a Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. And the the new bunch of Black Mirror episodes, the f- very first one, explores a very similar idea of these fake consciousnesses mm-hmm. inside a computer game, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, and it's the same issue there, that these are not the real people. It's, you know, it's their consciousness mm-hmm. duplicated digitally but the real people are still living their lives out there in the real world and you know langley is obviously dead at this point this is his fake consciousness i just think they needed to have a little bit more there to make us a bit more emotionally invested especially since you know other than um buyers you know the lone government we haven't had a huge amount of emotional investment mm-hmm. in their characters even with their own tv show you know it was still you know langley and, and frohickey was still kind of the comic relief the slapstick you know frohickey mm-hmm. falling down in the mud every five minutes and stuff so i don't know i just felt like we needed a little bit more there and it you know it's hard to do because langley's just showing up on the on the on the uh on the phone screen right very very briefly and stuff but but even so yeah you did have that amount of you know that emotional moment when he's like am i dead 
mm-hmm. at the beginning. So the- I think they could have just pushed it a little bit further and give us a bit more to it because I mean they did a great job you know the energy of the episode they kept that up throughout and stuff mm-hmm. it's only after you come away it's like well hang on does it really matter right yeah and I, I think it's just I'm, I'm like more of like a philosophical thing it's like oh you know that's not what you know our friends were expecting when they agreed to do this and it does sound I mean you get a little bit of that um, from Langley when they're they're talking in the in the skeezy bar um as far as, you know, it's supposed to be heaven, but it's not, you know, and, and get us out of here. So, you know, I guess you sort of feel like clearly this is a bad place and you don't want, you know, even if it's just a consciousness locked up in something terrible in the afterlife. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they could have expanded on that just a touch. The, the part that did get me just a little bit where um, I, I liked that they brought in this this girlfriend of, of Langley's that we never knew about. I thought that was kind of an, an interesting way to sort of keep you invested. But when, again, back at the skeezy bar and they're talking to him and he realizes he's talking to Scully and the look on his face there, just like, oh, <laughs> like, A, dude, you're all of us. And B, it, it just, it, it brought out that humanity a little bit more like he was grasping onto something he remembered fondly from his his past life. Yeah. Um, and I, I did like too that of all the people, like his his girlfriend pointed out, like of all the people he he reached out to, he managed to find Mulder somehow. And I mean, I will suspend disbelief as to how he managed to do that. And yeah, it's interesting because you know Glenn says X Files doing Black Mirror, but it's sort of like X Files, you know, Black Mirror doing X Files, X Files doing you know because that that episode, the only episode of Black Mirror I've ever seen was San Junipero, and I love it. Um, but it's it's sort of that similar twist where you just, you know, your brain goes goes elsewhere. But you know, you could argue that the X Files did that first with Kill Switch back in the back in the nineties too. So it's kinda like who's 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 zooming who here? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of stuff here. Um gotta mention um Deep Throat, um, his grave that they find the little chip mm-hmm. thing on. I love the fact that um they went back there and somebody remembered a character from such early in the show because you know he i mean he was a huge character he yes loomed over the show for years and even though he came back from the dead on occasion you know he died at the end of season one so mm-hmm. i'm glad that they went back to him and you know just always nice when you get those earlier bits from the show yes coming back into the show as it is today mm-hmm. and the, the the thing i loved about you know not only revisiting him there but uh, and, and Roy actually was the first to point this out among uh, XFN. She caught it before the rest of us did in that uh, the music cue there harkens, it's, it's Deep Throat's music that they were playing at the end of that episode. And as soon as she pointed that out, I went back and listened. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. It's that same very early you know, style. And I just wanted to hug Mark Snow for that because the music throughout that full scene, I think is great. And even starting with just the, the couple little notes here over Skinner when they're talking and just goes full out through that whole scene. And then to hearken it back, not only to this character, but to his theme music too, was just like, all right, yep. This, this is my X-Files. <laughs> this is, this is what I signed up for. Like that attention to detail was just fantastic to me. So what did you think about Skinner's involvement in this episode? I mean, it's, we're dealing with the, you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy again at the moment? Not really mm-hmm. sure what happened between him and Smokey in the car. Right. 
Right. And it's it's interesting, too, because we've, we've sort of puzzled back and forth trying to figure out the timeline of this, because technically, if My Struggle 3 takes place at the same time as My Struggle 2, we're still in 2016. But now here, this is very obviously an episode of the current times, you know, as we're talking about the, you know, the trouble with the White House. And, and I mean, this is all very clearly referencing Trump. Um so, so that that timeline gets a little fuzzy, and Scully mentioning, you know, we haven't spoken to him in a few weeks. Um, but I, what Skinner pointed out, you know, t- again, the times have changed, and and how the different, you know, how many different security agencies there are, and the decisions he had to make while they were gone. I think that's very telling. I mean, I was I was with him when he was like, "How did we get here?" Because it, that to me, just as a fan, feels kind of awful. Because I mean, there was a point where. Skinner was all Scully had when when Mulder was missing and she trusted him with, you know, arguably one of the biggest secrets of her life. Nobody else knew. Um, he knew before she had a chance to tell her mom even and and that trust that they had there and how, you know, Skinner drives out to the desert and is willing to to help her search for Mulder off books and and you know from what he'd seen is just sort of heartbreaking to see that that trust kind of unravel again and I'm hoping that mistrust is misplaced, but I don't know. And and even as they're grilling, I'm like, you know, are you working for these guys? We don't know. I mean, is is he sort of, you know, did he make choices as far as working, you know, with the Russians? Is he, is he believing the CSM? I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that Skinner would buy what Smokey has to say after all this all this time because he knows better. You know, it's it's just he went through all of that and he was decidedly on. Mulder and Scully side for the last few years. So I feel like there would, there would need to be something bigger than just the William bombshell to, and, and, and granted part of that, and I, I sort of lose this in my, my irritation over the, the William bombshell and that, you know, Skinner or rather the CSM claims he's, he's, he can protect people and and you know this plague is coming and and you know he can keep skinner safe and i just i i don't know how much of that skinner would buy and he just to me has never seemed like a character in the final years especially who would you know given all that they had been through who would would start then turning around and, and selling people out but maybe that's also just how i remember him in the in the last few years and not you know because they were at odds before so (laughs) yeah i think i think they played with that you know early on in the show and i think Mm -hmm. it's one of those tropes that they just keep coming back to even though it's pretty much already resolved itself and i think after um is it zero sum where he's doing the bees Mm -hmm. i think after that episode it's pretty clear that he's a good guy and yes he will do some bad stuff but he's doing it for good reasons so right and even as far as with the when he was being controlled by Crycheck in the in the nanobots, yes. I mean he'd, he'd he'd had good reason there to to sort of walk the line, and even even then, I mean, had tried to do what he could to um to you know to to you know keep Mulder and, and Scully protected. And I'm I'm just trying to remember if that plot line ever got resolved, other than Skinner putting a a bullet in Crycheck's head. I mean, we know Crycheck was in prison for most of of season seven so that's why skinner was okay but you know as far as if those those nanobots ever completely went away i I think mitch sort of spoke to that on uh on twitter the other day and said that that wasn't that wasn't an issue anymore but (laughs) if that that ever got answered officially or not i honestly can't remember 
So, but I will, I will like all the props to, to all three of the actors really for that garage scene, because the, especially even between, I would say Skinner and Scully, because that, you can tell the the hesitance there when she, you know, he's like, how do we get here? And he just seems kind of astounded and you can just watch it kind of play across her face. It's like, this is somebody I trusted and now I can't. Whereas I feel like Mulder is a little further removed from that just a touch. Cause he didn't, you know, he was like, he points out at the beginning, he was gone then. So. Yeah. My only problem, I mean, the only problem with Skinner in this episode mm-hmm. is the bit where he shows up in the woods just to uncuff them and then he disappears again until right it would have been so good if half the episode they're handcuffed together (laughs) and it's only then when they go and visit him in the parking garage that that's when he's able to uncuff them i mean that would have been don't get me wrong it was great that we finally have an episode where Mulder and scully are actually together for yes (laughs) 95 percent of it uh because we haven't had that when is the last time that we've had an episode like that where they're actually both together it's been years. I mean, I, to me, it, it felt like season seven, honestly, where the, that was the last time they were together for the most of it and so completely in sync with one another because we didn't we didn't get a lot of that even after no, you know, Mulder right. came back in, in season eight because by the time Mulder comes back, Scully's pretty heavily pregnant. So she's not out running around doing the things that they, they used to do. And then, of course, he's gone by season nine. Um, I guess it's a good chunk of I want to believe where they're together, but... I know the second half of that, they kind of go off their own little ways. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. And and mostly even through season 10, too, they're, they're split up yeah. for the, the most of it. I mean, you <laughs> don't are. even see them on screen together until the last two minutes of the of the finale. So, and I, I'm trying to remember where I read this because I, I go through so many interviews. Some of it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but I believe it might have been when he was talking to Sci-Fi where Glenn had talked about they don't necessarily have a traditional writer's room. They all just kind of do their own their own thing. But he'd, he'd emphasize to people this time around, like, as you're writing, put Mulder and Scully together. He's like, because he's like, I separated them at home again and realized that that might not have been the, the greatest way to go. So I, I love that he just, it's them together through most of the entire episode. And it works. It works so unbelievably well to the point where I even sort of like the nuances of, oh, yeah, you know, maybe Skinner and... And and Mulder and those guys are at odds because they were just fighting in the last episode. Like all of that just blurs into the background for me of just how damn well the partnership is working. Like they're so in sync and that famous unspoken communication is there. And there's just so much that's said through through looks. And then, of course, the banter that we haven't had in in years is front and center. And it's so much fun. Like I, I can it's amazing to me how easily willing I am to overlook some gaps in the in the overarching plot and in the storytelling, if the the partnership is solid, you know, and yeah. it was just so much fun that it's like, eh, all right, yeah, maybe you could have fleshed this out a little bit more, but you know, we we've got all these just you know the jokes and them working together to kick the crap out of these people. Like, hello, I don't I don't know what sort of training they've been doing in the off season, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> and they were both equals in this episode, right? <laughs> right? I mean, how? Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's it's not. You know, they're they're both getting the crap kicked out of them and they're both winning at points and, and others, you know, not. I mean, Scully holds her own in that shootout at, at the beginning. I mean, she takes out that guy, Mulder gets the other one, and, and then the third goes running because he's, he's scared from the, you know, the, the two of them. And, and that was just, like, they had a plan and they stuck to it. And, you know, let's hear it for Scully's aim. And, you know, Mulder's the, 
you know, coming down the stairs and, and yeah, like it was, it was just great to see them both able to fight back. And at, you know, at one point Mulder's getting his ass kicked and she saves the day. And then at other points, you know, he, he, you know, saves her and it was just a partnership in every sense of the word. And that's, I mean, for me, honestly, that's exactly what I wanted for the two of them in this, in their later years like this, you know, I mean, let's, let's get all the angst and the, and the pain of the, I would have loved that had season 10 been able to finally put that William story to rest and let them both heal. And then for season 11 to just be like, let's go kick some ass and save the world. And, and that's I feel all like I, we that's got all it. I want at this point is yes! just some good solid standalones. And yes! let's just have a few hours of fun. And yep. then Chris can end it on a cliffhanger, I guess. That's probably what's going to happen, but let's just have mm. a few hours of fun. Let's have some good monster of the weeks and, yeah, and there's some great Scully moments in this one. Like you said, you know, the, the whole shootout scene at the beginning, the bit where they're deducing, um, you know, what's wrong with the the, mm-hmm. the uh, headstones, and she's the one that comes up with the dates of the presidents dying or being born or whatever it is. And, yep, um, her, she's the one who's leading Mulder um, in as if he's a prisoner when she's in the the FBI place in. New York City, mm-hmm. and um, just that bit as well when they're in that ratty restaurant and the guy puts the beers down and she just grabs her gun straight away, yeah. just pure instinct. And there's some great Scully bits in this, and especially after last week's episode, so nice to see that, and just brilliant to have them both on screen for mm-hmm. the duration together. Um, was great. It was a lot of fun being able to see that partnership, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the snark for both of them was on point because that was very much Mulder being Mulder and just his wise ass self, and her giving it right back to him. Which I mean, you got some of that in the earlier years. I mean, she definitely pushed him, but I just feel like that to me was so indicative of you know a partnership of twenty five years like this is supposed to be. That at this point, yeah, she's just giving it to him right back, and it was it was hilarious. I mean, even to the point where instead of getting so many of the eye rolls, she's just sort of indulging his, his jokes. Like, you know, when he's calling her adorbs and the whole handcuffs thing and the, you know, it was, it was just funny to, to get that reaction. Yeah. And it is fun to see them having fun with it. You know, the characters mm-hmm. and the actors, you could tell um, just a lot of fun all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think it was in this interview with, with sci-fi that I read with Glenn, how they was talking about, again, production of the, of the episode and, and that, you know, it was, he did just kind of let him go to town and they'd argue about the jokes and David would be like, don't cut that. And I can see why. And, and Jillian also indicated, and she did a tweet along with the, the West coast audience this week. Cause she was still in LA, which was a lot of fun. Um, and she, and she mentioned that she'd ad lib the alien butt thing. And she, I was, I was glad they, they left that in cause it was just funny, but. Oh, the muffin scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yeah so um we do it is obviously linked to the mythology um Mm. as we talked about a little bit earlier on and i think i'm understanding it correctly is that uh mr y and erica price who last week said they want to uh send people up into space because the planet is basically fucked Mm-hmm. Um, and the aliens aren't coming back, so let's send all the elites up into space. The reason they've got the evil matrix, is that what you said? Yep. <laughs> evil matrix, okay, is because they're using these minds to try and, I don't know, resolve some sort of problems or something. I don't know if they're trying to figure out how to get people up into space or if they're trying to figure out how to heal the Earth. Um, but it, 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 I know it's kind of 
what are your thoughts on that? I mean, my initial thought was, okay, having Erica Price in there talking about this um, fake reality in this episode kind of watered down on already pretty weak mythology that doesn't really know what it's doing at the moment Mm -hmm. anyway. And I think I saw in that interview that you were saying about that Glenn actually had Erica Price in this episode first and then Chris decided to steal her and add her into the scene with Mr. Y from My Struggle Free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was how I'd understood it as well, which (laughs) I I have some thoughts about that, but I'm just going to bite my tongue on that one. Um, (laughs) But I I do, like, I did appreciate the attempt to sort of tie that together because it is a little jarring in some ways for these episodes to exist so separately from one another in a way. And there, there's some things that are sort of established in this episode as far as, I don't know how to get into this without, without giving things away. Um, just as far as like their relationship. (laughs) Right. So maybe, maybe I just won't go there, but, um, let's just say, I mean, in the, in the past we've, we've seen how sometimes things that are acknowledged, in one episode then just don't get acknowledged again. Um, and, and that, that happens fairly, fairly frequently to the point where I had a, a friend who just started watching, um, see, started with season 10 because I'd been talking about it for years. Um, and had asked me when the kids and founders mutation were going to come back. And I said, no, we won't, we won't see those guys again because <laughs> we just don't. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, this just happens and that was the monster and, and that's not going to get acknowledged again. So I did appreciate the fact that they were trying to, you know, instead of this just being a one-off and, and Langley's in the evil matrix, but it doesn't really have anything to do with anything other than just maybe a, you know, a kill switch experiment gone wrong again, um, that they did tie that back into the syndicate and, and Erica trying to make it sound like, you know, your phone is evil was great because I mean, she's right in a way, maybe they're not stealing part of your brain by you talking. On. I love that line, but, but um, what am I going to do? Just, just, just don't use your phone. Use your phone. Right. And you know, and I, was like, I think that that was just so brilliant because there's so much, you know, outside the X-Files in the world right now that, you know, could be fixed by people just making small little decisions like that, you know, like, mm-hmm. Like just people getting depressed being on Facebook and stuff all the time. Don't go on Facebook. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and just the privacy issues, you know, I mean, that phone knows where you are constantly. And I have, you know, you see it in just the ads that pop up on social media and, you know, you say something like a, a friend of mine had, had pointed out how she doesn't have a, an Amazon Alexa or whatever it's called. Her son does. And she, they'd mentioned something about deep frying wings at her son's house and then all of a sudden she's getting ads on her personal Facebook later for this fryer and it's just like wow. that's creepy like you know just the amount of, of digital Which, those things dropping. creep me out anyway right so. <laughs> you know like I, I I'm, I'm just paranoid enough that I, I don't think I would ever have one of those in my in my house I mean I have a, a smart TV but I can't talk to it so it just like I don't know man that just makes me super uneasy yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. so I, I appreciated that, that stuff. <laughs> Right. You know, and so I, I just I appreciated that joke and just the fact that they did try to to bring in a little bit of that mythology and, and sort of double down on just how evil these guys really are and how they kind of have their hands in, in things and how maybe it's not the alien conspiracy. But, you know, there is still still something out there, although I bring back the black oil like I loved that part of the mythology. Like, could we have not just stuck to that? Because that, that was good. Like that didn't all get yeah. resolved. But, you know, I 
Oh, those, those are the golden years of the mythology right. when it was all about, you know, Nazi scientists and the black oil and mm. give me that any day. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I live for the fight the future era. It would have been kind of cool if, you know, maybe instead of, you know, we have Smokey and whatever he's doing with the conspiracy, but then we have these other people who really don't care about aliens or the end of the world or anything like that. And they're just trying to make as much money off people as they can. Right. Um, you know, and that would tie into this episode extremely well, you know, and the whole Alexa thing, you know, just having mm-hmm. the, these evil people, evil people, and they don't have these ulterior motives, these grand plans. They just want to make as much profit off of people. And that's mm-hmm. it. Well, and even to the point where the, the commander at the beginning says, you know, we, we could have saved a whole lot of time and money had we, you know, had we realized exactly. the Americans were okay with losing the Cold War if they could make money off it. And that's that's exactly what all this private contracting and, and stuff is. I mean, it, it just, I, so I really did appreciate a lot of the, the timeliness of that, too, and, and just the the mentioning of, of Blackwater and all those other, you know, because there are some really creepy things that are done on behalf of the American public through you know some of these private companies instead of like you don't necessarily got to worry that the government's out to get you at least that's the impression that i took from from this episode so yeah i mean it was maybe that would maybe a bit more in the zeitgeist during the bush years but mm-hmm. obviously it's still going on and i guess obama may have managed to get it a little bit more on the hush hush but uh right yeah yes some interesting stuff going on in this episode yes. for sure yeah, even down to the uh, the the change in the uh, tagline of you know accuse your enemies of that which you know you yourself are are guilty. I, I paraphrase that a little bit, I think, but yeah, that was it, it was it was something. I mean, I I I was a little bit. I mean, you get again, you get so caught up in just the action of it and the oh, this is so funny and you know they're just working so great together. But then kind of coming back and trying to think about those underlying themes on a bigger, you know, and sort of what, you know, what message the episode was trying to send um, is, is interesting too. Although I, if people just want to live in the, and I've told people that, that I'm just going to continue to live in the, the, this universe where it's just Mulder Scully kicking ass, taking names and being happy and coming home at the end of the night together. Like that's, that's all I need, you know? And I, I to that end too, I just, I enjoyed how much, like the relationship was obviously solid, but that was in the background, you know, and that, that to me is all I need. I don't need this to be Mulder and Scully meet days of our lives kind of thing. Like, just let them be, let them be Thank happy, you, you know? <laughs> right. I, I don't need the, I don't need the sex scene. I don't need them making out constantly. It's just, just kind of acknowledge it and, and go, you know, I mean, if we get a kiss at the end of the, the season, fine, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, but I don't, you know, and I, I, so I, it just proved to me that that it absolutely can work that way. You can acknowledge the relationship and let it live in the background, but it doesn't need to take over. And I think that was, you know, something something Chris might have been concerned about. Um, but it, it just proved to me that there is a way you can do it without making it heavy handed or yeah, you a distraction. The, you do it the same way you've done it for seven years. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. Yep. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So um, I think that. We've pretty much wrapped up that episode. Overall thumbs up. And Mulder yep. and Scully together on screen at the same time for most of the episode is a good thing. So please keep doing more of that. Yes. Okay. Let's um, let's sort of t- take a turn here now. <laughs> 
and uh, we're going to talk about a few f- sort of things uh, kind of in, in one. Um, there's the uh, the TCA uh, happened uh, a few days ago mm-hmm. and um, David and Jillian were talking there. Some questions came up. Um, a lot of questions to Jillian about her statement saying that mm-hmm. this is the end of the road. Um, after season 11, she does not want to play Dana Scully anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's a whole can of worms, basically, which we're going to open up here now because me and you were talking uh, in the week just about your reaction to the twist at the end of My Struggle Free mm-hmm. and just the way that Scully has been treated or at least treated by Chris in that last episode and maybe some of last season, but evidently not in this because this was a, a totally different Scully. Mm-hmm. Um and and just how we, it, it seems inevitable that after these ten episodes are over, that this could be the end of Exiles. And Chris has already said publicly that he's going to be ending this season on a cliffhanger. So mm-hmm. a lot of yep. complex emotions um, about this show that we love, and it needs to wrap up. I think mm-hmm. we we are all in agreement. Yes at this point that this show needs to wrap up for our own sanity as much as anything else. <laughs> um, but that it's yes. the, the mythology. I mean, after last week's episode, I was pretty down and I was saying, you know, I said to you, that it's kind of sad that the show I love is kind of dying out in a whimper um, mm-hmm. rather than in the big bang that we hoped it would. Um, but, but it, it, it seems inevitable at this point that it, that it is going. So, I want you to talk a little bit to all of that, basically. I mean, um, let's start off with My Struggle Free and then we can go into um, the TCA stuff. So Mm -hmm. I kind of shared my thoughts a little bit in last week's podcast. Um, Granted, uh, Avi, Tiffany and Garrett probably said a lot more than I did. (laughs) Um, I mean, I didn't have a a huge problem with, with the twist. I mean, at the time when I was watching it, just purely in the context of the show, I thought it was a good twist, and the way that they tied it into Anami, it kind of got me interested for the first time in the Williams storyline because, mm-hmm. in my mind, it was, well, it's going to be, it's going to be Mulder's baby. I mean, that's just ridiculous to do anything else. But hey, they dragged it out for two seasons that this child is special and blah 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 blah, and then all of last season it was William this, William that, and then William never turns up. We know he's going to be in this one. Um. But it was obviously very problematic the the way that it has been treated. So I want you to to give your opinion on this, just so everyone kind of, you know, it, it's something that sure. I think we we need to talk about. I think for me personally, given that all Scully has been through, I was furious that this was happening again. I mean, of all the things that they'd that they'd had over the years, I mean this this. You know, she didn't even get to keep William, right? Yeah. Um, so that's to me sort of puts that in the same vein as Emily. And this was the one sort of happy moment that Mulder and Scully had together. And even though they didn't get to parent their son the way, you know, some of us might have hoped, it, at least he was still theirs. And to sort of take that away, I mean, to strip that from Scully, to strip Mulder of his fatherhood to me seemed just awful. And And to be honest, sort of a cheap shot as far as, an easy way out storytelling wise, because there are so many ways with that are already established within Canon that would have made it very plausible for William to have been special. You know, Mulder's exposure to the black oil, Scully's exposure to the black oil, you know, whatever this 
alien DNA um, that she has if we want to revisit that. Um, and the, the show has, has a long history of making some kind of problematic decisions as far as, you know, women's bodily autonomy. And I mean, we've been over that in, you know, postmodern Prometheus in small potatoes. I mean, what happened to Scully when she was abducted, um, this coming up again in, in, you know, Emily and, and things like that. And, and to me, I just felt that, okay, so if this is what you're, this is what you're going to do. I mean, for one, it offended me a bit that they had to rework the dialogue in enemy to make it work. You know, he's, he adds the housekeeper and that's not the yeah. way it originally aired. And I was, I was trying to figure out, okay, so is this indicating that he's lying or is this just trying to soften the blow? So there was a witness. I mean, in either way it was just, it made my skin crawl. Um, that said, I mean, if you're, if so, if you really are going to do this, if you really are going to, going to take it so, CSM is responsible for this this kid being in existence, whether it was because he assaulted Scully while she was unconscious, or he messed with the chip. If you want to go with the fanfic trope, well, let, um, let's let's pause on that for a second because I mean, I, I should just qualify my earlier statement that you know I liked the twist because to me, I'd never bought the whole um, you know yeah I can I can buy you know Mulder's the father blah 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 I can never buy the whole thing that. Oh, she's barren, and oh no, actually, uh, there was one. They or two missed a couple. Sneaky over yeah. there, and, and that's how. right. So that's the bit that that never really worked for me. Um, right, which I I totally understand. Brainy, but but then you told me about that fanfic trope, which I hadn't really heard of, and I was like, but that makes perfect sense. And why don't they just yep. go with that? I just need right. some, I just need something to get across the line, you know. Ex exactly, and that that to me was part of the problem with the storytelling. In that, okay, you need to explain exactly what you're getting at here, especially. You know, and I, I respect Chris a lot. I mean, but for him to then go and, and speak to Entertainment Weekly and talk about how, you know, this it, it essentially was not rape. It's like, well, you probably should have done a better job of explaining why then because I'm sorry, but impregnating somebody against their will, that's medical rape. I mean, Mulder himself refers to the men who created Emily as medical rapists. So the show has acknowledged that this particular horror before and had called it what it was. So I just, I, I had a hard time wrestling with that. And I know it's, it's heavily indicated that the CSM may be lying. I mean, you see it in the opening tagline. It's, he's not necessarily a, a trustworthy narrator. And I know that, but you know, in this day and age and given everything that's been done to Scully to her and in a way that in the past I felt like, we were all in on it. Like she was aware, you know, they were fighting back against it. I mean, you hear that in Memento Mori where Mulder's telling her, you know, the truth to save you and, you know, you'll find it to save yourself. And again, so right now to me, it just feels like the audience is keeping this terrible secret for Scully, from Scully. And I have a hard time with that just on a personal level, which I, you know, and I, I know not everybody's going to take it that, that deeply, but it just, it really kind of rubbed me the, the wrong way and again if if that's the storytelling decision that chris wants to make okay that's that's his decision to make but then make it clear and own it call it what it is i think that was for me that was the the sticking point yeah and it, it's it's easy to kind of make some excuses for him that oh it's only skinner is aware of this so far so you know <sighs> So it's not something that's really been addressed head on, but mm -hmm. the problem is with Chris is that he will 
try and he'll write these things um, seemingly with the intention of pissing off as many people as possible because he thinks it's funny, I guess. Um, whether it's this mm-hmm. or whether it's, um, I don't know, um, Mulder and Scully, you know, in I Want to Believe that they don't actually live together anymore and, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, they're, they're kind of separating and stuff. You know, he, he seems to make these decisions just purely based on this <laughs> sadistic personality mm-hmm. of let, let's, let's upset people just because he thinks it's funny and then he can maybe try and find a way out of it later on right the problem is he doesn't he doesn't follow through with his choices right he will chop and change stuff as the wind changes mm-hmm. we ran into that a bit last season with Mueller and scully are broken up which okay if if that is the case then sell it you know how is and it, it just never and I, I think part of that may come into play just because, you know, at this point, David and Jillian are so familiar with each other that it's hard to break that dynamic of them being split up. And I, I felt like you got a little bit better resolution to that if you watched the episodes in the order they were originally intended to air. Because I felt like, yeah, they were at, at odds in My Struggle 1, but had Home Again aired in that second slot, it made more sense that the death of Scully's mom would have brought them back together a bit, I feel like. Um, and, and so if I looked at the season through that lens, it, it made a little more sense as far as resolving the breakup. But I think, too, to your point, that that's kind of why I have a problem with this plot twist is that I just don't necessarily trust that it's going to be resolved in a, in a satisfying way. I mean, maybe maybe I need to just have more faith, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Well, no, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, think you, I think you absolutely have the right to do that because it doesn't seem to know how to write that character anymore. Um, you know, this is the guy who in every interview for the past 25 years has been banging on about how he used to read Nancy Drew when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and like you said, Scully was a uh, role model. She was an icon in, you know, this woman who would go out and kick ass and mm-hmm. solve these crimes and, you know, new medicine and all this stuff on TV. And in his episodes and especially... In my struggle free, she's basically relegated to lying in a hospital bed and just weak. And it's so nice mm-hmm. now that we have this, this week after that, where she is, as we always knew her, where she is out there in the field and she's shooting, mm-hmm. she's solving puzzles and stuff. And I just don't know what went wrong. Yeah, you know? I, I- I do sort of wonder about that myself too. Even when you look at, you know, episode like triangle, which is a brilliant episode um, where Scully essentially saves the world. Right. And it, it just sort of kind of where that, that slid backwards a little bit. Um, I just, I, I, I have a hard time with, cause I'm, I'm just really not, not sure. And, you know, I mean, you could argue that, yeah, you know, Scully's been sick before, Mulder's been sick before, and so that sort of goes back and forth, and they've, you know, I mean, she saved him in the in the biogenesis arc, um, which, you know, Chris obviously had a huge hand, and she kind of saves the day there. So, I mean, you could argue that, yeah, they kind of go back and forth, but it just, you know, I mean, to, I, I think I could have overlooked the um, the lying in the hospital bed bit had the plot twist not happened, you know, and even, even to the point, I think Avi made in her, in her review about how it kind of sucks that Scully was sidelined and these visions aren't even hers in a way they're coming from William. So she doesn't even have that particular 
particular agency. So yeah, like it, like we said, it was just a breath of fresh air to, to finally see them on, on equal footing again, because it has been a long time. And that was, that was very much needed. And it just seemed like, you know, even when they were working together, and I want to believe she was sort of a hesitant partner there. So for this to just be very much a like, this is who we are, this is what we do, let's go kick some ass was just awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> let, <laughs> let's, um, let's talk about, um, on that note, that Jillian has had enough of playing Scully, and frankly, mm-hmm. who can blame her at this point? Um, yep. Part of me kind of wishes that she had done this at the end of season eight, so that we could have had Mulder and Scully and William just right off into the sunset at the end of existence mm-hmm. and have season nine just be Doggett and Reyes. And, you know, who knows? We could have had a completely different mythology and stuff then as well, because we wouldn't have had to be tied into the old alien conspiracy and mm-hmm. that birthed us the wonderful super soldiers. Uh, you know, and I, I think a lot of that honestly came down to contract negotiations. I, I don't have the evidence of that here in front of me, but I seem to recall this being a discussion even way back then that in order for the pay gap to even out, um, that Jillian had had to agree to an extra season um, right. for season nine. And that so that's sounds, why she was under. That sounds under, about right. Yeah. Right. So that's why she was under contract a little longer than than David was, because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could have lived with that. I mean, I loved both Doggett and Reyes, and I, I would have been interested in that, I think. Um, it had... would have been an organic way for the show to change hands, because, you know, mm-hmm. we had season eight there was a, a bit clunky in places, um, mm-hmm. mostly when Mulder was there. Um but you know they had the they had a nice transition of you know a reason for another agent to come into the X Files mm-hmm. in Doggett, you know, and then he kind of learns the ropes over several episodes. Then they solve the whole Mulder mystery, which is the reason he came on in the first place. And then Mulder and Scully can just go off, and then mm-hmm. oh look, we have Reyes here, so she can come on. I think you know it seemed to be orchestrating that kind of handover, and that's you know more or less what is happened, what did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you kept having Scully popping up throughout season nine, mostly because, oh, something is wrong with William. Right. And, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a great way for that, for her character, even then, you know, to be relegated to this woman who's always just worried about her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, we've talked about that extensively yep. in the past, so <laughs> let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about um, what went down at the TCA and what Jelena was actually saying about her decision that enough is enough, it's time to draw a line in the sand, and sorry, Chris, we're not going to get a resolution to your <laughs> wonderful cliffhanger, I'm sure it would have been. Yeah, and to, to that point, so the, the panel was, this was Glenn Morgan, James Wong, Darren Morgan, Mitch Pledgey, David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson speaking to um, journalists at, at, at Fox for the television critics. Chris wasn't there? And he was not because he was supposed to be, but again, because of the of the mudslide issue in, in Montecito, okay. uh, Santa Barbara, he wasn't able to he wasn't able to make it. Um, so that I think probably changed the dynamic a little bit too. But I, I think there's one thing too that I just want to point out. Um, it felt like a lot of fans were pretty upset over what she was saying. And I feel like that's because some of it might've been taken a little bit out of context. XFN was there. I mean, Avi was able to make an audio recording. I've heard it. Um, she shared that with us as we were, we were writing up the, the recap. Um, and you can get pretty much the entire transcript, uh, annotated on X, xfiles.news. 
Um, but just to listen to it, I think gave, uh, gave it a lot more context. Like, you know, nobody was angry. Nobody was, you know, upset. It was, you know, kind of a, a, a fairly serious sounding panel, but there was a lot of joking, um, that was going on and Jillian was very kind about it, but that was the elephant in the room. And it was the first question right up the back, you know, was okay. So why are you done? And, you know, she just explained simply that, you know, she's, there's a lot of things she wants to do with her life and her career. And, had said, you know, it was an extraordinary opportunity, an extraordinary character, and that she was very grateful for the opportunity, um, but that there were just other things she wanted to do, and being tied down to a project for months and months um, for something that she had already had done wasn't something she wanted to continue to do, and and um, she she was firm about it, and that you know that that's really is the end that she's serious, and that you know she does have a lot of respect for you know, for the crew and for Scully and for David. Um, but she's, she's finished and, and, and that just has to be it. It's time for her to, to hang up Scully's hat. So there were, there were a lot of questions about that. I mean, she'd answered it off the bat and then people kind of kept coming back and pressing and, you know, oh, maybe in a few years. And and she was very straightforward about that. Um, which I, I, I think is fair for an actor. David was a little more, um, you know, he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this being the end. I'm okay with, you know, this not being the end. So I, I think he left a little more, more wiggle room there. But it, to me, I'm, I've taken Jillian at her word about this since she first started talking about it in October um, and, and have just, you know, res- respected that this is the end for her. So I've been looking at this like it, like it is um, the end. So whether, you know, how that, how that comes about, we, we don't know, but it, it just, for me, feels more final than it has ever, really, because even starting as far back as 2002, they were dangling that carrot over our, our heads as, oh, we'll come back in a few years and, and do yeah. a, and do another movie. And then in 2008, you know, it's like, oh, I want to believe it was fun, but, you know, we really want the big alien conspiracy movie. And, oh, so can we get a third movie? And, and the whole fan campaign about that for, for years, you know, I, I participated in a lot of that stuff quite a bit. And, um, but at this point, it just it, it really does feel like, OK, this is this is really it. So how do we how do we deal with that? I'm guessing Chris is dealing with it by not dealing with it. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's in his he's in his office. He's got a pencil stuck in either ear and he's just typing away going, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> well, and the, it's it's interesting, too, because Glenn did acknowledge that because um, somebody had asked, it's like, uh, you know, at TCA, it's like, well, you know, with with Jillian expressing, you know, she's not returning. Um, is there, you know, is there still time as far as this ending goes to, to make it so you could return without her? And Glenn said, no, well, the ending is, is, has been shot. And that's, you know, as, as far as I understand it, principal photography has been wrapped. I mean, um, Glenn did mention that they are still shooting, I believe some second unit stuff. And I think Mitch had mentioned he has to go back up to shoot. David joked, is that a threat? Um, you know, as far as shooting continuing, but as far as Mulder and Scully are concerned, they are, they're wrapped. So the ending is there. I mean, whether they, you know, they tweak things going forward, I, I don't know. Um, but I, it, Chris did come right out and say in the, if you, if you haven't picked up the, the entertainment weekly special X-Files special, I would recommend that because he did have some things to say in there. And he does say again in that article that he, you know, he, he does mention the cliffhanger again. So I, I think that's just sort of something we've come to accept. And, and I mean, somebody had asked if it was a good ending for Scully and she, Jillian took a long time to answer that. Um, 
mostly I, I believe because she said she still needs to think about it and she really needs to take the time to consider if she thinks it was a good ending for Scully. So I guess take that with a, take that as, as how you will, but it's, you know, <laughs> I, I also, for me personally, look at it this way that I, I've sort of come to understand that closure as we want it probably won't, come because because these characters mean so much to us I think but so I'm taking what Jillian's saying is being done as closure as far as ever seeing these two on the screen again but as far as their story ever ending that's what's become more clear to me is that you know the closure doesn't necessarily ever need to be there I mean does closure have to be canon can we get that in other places as far as you know do we get that from fanfic do we get that from fan art do we get that from you know, our own personal belief for these characters. And I mean, I know not everybody reads, reads fanfic. So maybe that, that idea of closure seems a little out there for you. But I think for me, that's kind of how I'm, I'm approaching it is that, you know, even if I don't necessarily get what I want from the ending that's told on screen, I feel like I'm finally ready to get that ending other places and just be willing to let that lie. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would, you know, I, uh, if she says she's done, I'm sure she's done, and I I would yeah. assume that that would mean even the uh, the Audible series as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which listeners, if you haven't already, then go ahead and check out our bonus episode. <laughs> go to <laughs> xfilestalkxfiles.com, and uh, you can click on a link there to download a bonus episode, make a donation of five dollars to support the podcast, and that's how you get this exclusive episode where we're talking about the two Audible series. It's uh, me, Avi, and Kava. It's really good stuff. <laughs> Nice segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just popped into my head, so I figured I'd better throw that in there. Um, mm-hmm. So I assume she's not even going to do that either. I mean, I, I mean, I would hope maybe in an ideal world, and this probably will not ever come to pass, that maybe she could, she could be tempted back for maybe like a, a two-part special or something with the guarantee that she gets script approval and it's oh and the the purpose of them coming back is to get closure and to finish out and give an end to the story mm-hmm. um but that seems to be something that chris has got absolutely no interest in doing you know she seems pretty adamant that you know this is her decision and mm-hmm. that's going to be it and she needs to you know and she has every right to as well to say no this is the end i need to say that that is my decision and I'm not going to go back on it because otherwise mm-hmm. I'm going to get drawn back into this turmoil of going round and round and round and um, a robberous, I guess. Um. Yeah, and, and that's what I'd been hoping for for season 11, that we would finally, you know, I mean, honestly, I, that's what I was hoping for for season 10 when it was first announced. It was like six episodes. I'm like, oh, this will be great. You know, we can do it like a six overarching as far as the, the alien colonization yeah, and really, yeah. you know, really wrap it up and say goodbye. And when that didn't happen, then I was like, okay, for me personally, season 11 or bust, like we just, we need to, we need to do this. Cause that's, I mean, from the get go, that's really all I wanted was closure. And, and whether or not we get that, I think is unlikely <laughs> at this point, but I'm just hoping it's enough you know, between whatever ending we happen to see and whatever, and, and, you know, Jillian making this, this decision for herself. I mean, I, I, I can't blame her. I mean, she's been asked about, you know, is there going to be another movie, another movie since 2008? I mean, we're, we're talking 10 years now and, and these characters that they've inhabited for, for 25 years. And that, you know, going back to her star ceremony too, that was something she thanked the fans for, for keeping these characters alive um, for so many years. So, I mean, she's made it very clear how appreciative she is of all this, but I think it's, 
you know, I mean, how many of us want to do the same job for 25 years either? You know, I mean, even if it's not consecutive, that's still 11 seasons, two films. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, that's a huge chapter of, of her life. And, and I, I, I guess I applaud her for making the statement, sticking to it and, you know, finding what else is, is out there for her. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know what listeners think about this. Um, you know, you know, this the episode, but also this, yes. uh, this topic. <laughs> See, it's an awful episode title, but also um, this topic that we're talking about, you know, I mean, if this is going to be the end of the X-Files with season 11, I mean, what are people's thoughts on that? Um, and to take it back to the episode this as well, there's that bit where they are in the diner and Langley's talking and saying about how this fake world, you know, all the, the main pieces are there, but there's something about it that's not quite right. You, you can't feel the warmth of the sun on your skin. I was going, didn't that kind of describe the X-Files at the moment? You know, it's this, all these, these key pieces in there that we know and we love, but it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious to see what other people think of that. Um let us know. Um, go to X-Files, talk xfiles.com, scroll down, um, after you get the bonus episode, of course, scroll down <laughs> that list to episode 47, this, and click the link and let us know in the comments there, you know, what mm-hmm. did you think about this episode, but also what do you think about the state of the show at the moment and the fact that we probably are looking at just eight more episodes left, period. Yeah, it's, after all this time, that's a really, that's a really heady thing and I've been wrestling with that you know, myself, especially given, you know, my, my time with XFN and how big of a, a part of my life this has, has been. Um, and I, you know, I really thank the, everybody involved for that. Cause it's, it's just been a, a crazy ride, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I made the joke about how I, I can't even remember now exactly how I put it. Cause there was, I just had to laugh because the TLC show trading spaces was coming back. And that was something I watched a lot in college. And I said, it's like my college years are new all over again, because this, this ridiculous show is coming back and I'm saying goodbye to the X-Files all over again, you know, cause we did have to do that in 2002 um, to some extent. And it's, but it does feel different this time. And, and I don't know if that's the whole, like, because it seems so much for final or if it's just a with age comes wisdom sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. But. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a bit of that, you know, we're talking about closure. And so, of course, I'm thinking of the episode closure and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it all kind of ties together in, in some strange, weird way that, you know, we want the end. We know it's not the end that we're going to get. You know, it's not the end that we want is what we're mm-hmm. going to get. And, you know, that's exactly what happened with Mulder and discovering what happened to Samantha. It was not the outcome he expected at all. And the closure that he got was not what he expected. But, you know, I guess he was at that point where he was mature enough to accept it and uh, was able to get some sense of closure, at least. And that's kind of how I feel a little bit right now. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I think that's a perfect analogy because it, it, it just, it, it might not necessarily be what you're, you know, what you were hoping for, but at least it's something, you know? So, and I, I, not to end on too much of a downer note again, because this was an amazing episode. And to me, it really did feel like the old X-Files. And I, I think, you know, we get more of that from, at least from what I've seen in the first half of the season as, as we roll along too. So I, I, you know, and I think that was something Jillian acknowledged again at the TCA too, that, you know, the previous six didn't quite feel like a, a good way to, to go out on. So she was hoping for, 
you know, the chance to resolve that for, for season 11, um, which is what prompted the, the question about, you know, did you think this was a satisfying end for, for Scully then? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that that need to, to really wrap it all up is, is pretty universal at this point. So. And on that note, let's wrap this up. (laughs) Yep. So that was uh, the episode this. Uh, Thank you very much, Kava. Always a pleasure. It was great to be here. It's always uh, always fun to to work through this stuff with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, listeners. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, uh, go to the comments page. Uh, Would love to know your thoughts on all of this. Um, And as ever, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to go and get that bonus episode. Um, we will be back next week where we're talking about another Chris Carter written episode, but he's not directing. Uh, that Indeed. is the episode plus one, which, uh, he's exploring something he's never really dealt with in his work before, which is, um, <laughs> concept of doppelgangers, uh, in a Chris Carter standalone. So, uh, stay tuned for that. I'm sure we'll have some good stuff, but you gave it pretty much a thumbs up, Kava. Yep, it's it's not Fight Club, so I'll just I'll just call it I'll 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 leave it at that until uh, until next week. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Awesome, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm David Howard, and remember, always back up your data at regular intervals. <laughs> hit me right in the feels with that closure thing though and the, the parallels to the episodes i'm like oh that is exactly it no i'm gonna go cry <laughs> <laughs>